you enter the room and there's a large scaled beast standing 25 foot tall, sharp fangs. He looks at you and roars and in the mouth of this giant creature is a bright red eye staring back at you. What do you do? I charge in. I take my sword and I just charge in. All right, roll for initiative. All right. 20. Wow. All right, so uh, it's your turn to attack again, Chris. All right. I miss. We've been at it for like, what, two hours? Like, is it almost dead? Yeah, so, I mean, you, you haven't really targeted the weak spot. Remember, he's roaring, there's a red eye. Uh, all right. So I need I need to hit the one thing again. I attack the red eye. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nineteen. You hit. All right. First hit. <laughs> First hit. A good combat can be the most memorable moment in a campaign. But there's some pits and falls that you need to avoid as a game master. I am Chris. And I'm Matt. Welcome to Roleplay Chat. We're two game masters who just cannot stop talking about roleplaying games. Today we talk about encounter building, some basic where we start and some aspect we consider. This is probably going to be a multi-part subject. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So today is only the surface level. Yeah, we originally actually, before even filming this episode, had a few ideas of what we wanted to talk about, but then told ourselves, it doesn't really make sense to dig too deep into those subjects that are related to combat without giving a whole kind of surface level discussion first, Mm -hmm. which will be filled with, I think, a lot of cool insights anyway. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of the background for for this episode, really. Um, We're going to be talking about things like what are the game master's intentions Mm -hmm. when they're coming up with a combat or an encounter objectives that arises from this motivation that the GM has. Mm -hmm. We're also going to be talking about the circumstances that surround the combat, why it's happening, where it's happening, etc. And what percentage or what fraction of how this encounter should be tackled, we prepare in advance. I think we're ready for this conversation, Chris. Let's do it, Matt. Let's roleplay chat. Today we'll start in order, in the order we create encounters. So, Matthew, what do you start with when you create an encounter? Yeah, so when I'm creating an encounter, it, it, the first thing I do is decide what this encounter is for. What are, what are my intentions as a game master? You know, why is there a fight here? And that can be kind of varied, and it kind of depends on the situation. But we can kind of categorize these into a few different groups. And I, I think the same applies for you, right, Chris? Yeah, we had a little discussion before, and we basically have the same starting point. Uh, I think two big categories are the encounters that are plot-relevant, and that can be further di- divided, and the what we've been calling the interrupts, that mm-hmm. are mostly side quests or quests that are not relevant to the the main plot or the main villain or stuff like that. They could be, sometimes are synonymous with, you know, like random encounters, encounters that happen when traveling or sleeping or things like that. 
um, sometimes have a little bit less purpose to them. Mm-hmm. I think you and I, Chris, agree that they should still have some relevance, but for the most part, they're a little bit more spontaneous. Yeah. So we'll maybe talk a bit less about those interrupts because it's less based on the GM motivation, but more on the need in the story to just have this uh, combat punctuation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's say we we have an encounter that you know you want. So there's different situation where you you know an encounter will emerge, and that's whenever the players want to acquire something. So they want to acquire the gem for whatever reason, this evil artifact. It doesn't make for a good story that they get there and they just get it. Yeah, there needs to be some kind of obstacle. And usually, I think the most fun is when you have a big monster or a collection of, you know, cultists. Thing. You know, there, there is some kind of barrier that the players need to overcome to ob- obtain this artifact, ruby, treasure map, what, what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's where, because of where the story is going in the combat, in the, in the campaign, it makes sense for the players to have this obstacle placed in front of them. Yeah, often that means that the the players will have a strategic upper hand because they can be able to plan, they can ambush, they can do research and stuff like that. On the other hand, there's the one where the villain is has a plan and the characters stumble stumble onto the plan or try to 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 stop him mm-hmm. or, or her. Um, so that sometimes the encounter may vary in that regard. Um. So the first thing, once you have this motivation, once you have the intention behind it, yeah, what's what's the next step? Um, so the next step for me, I, I, especially lately, have been trying to focus a lot on making combat have a, a deeper depth than just, you know, kill the bad guy mm-hmm. or kill the enemies or survive. Yeah. Like th- those can be perfectly fine reasons for a fight to happen but usually there are objectives that i want to present to my players uh, it could be you know you you see a sink you, you see a ship and you need to sink the ship mm-hmm. in addition to surviving or there's a hostage that was taken can't you say like you're going and you're trying to save the hostage it it adds a layer of complexity to combat that i think makes it more fun uh, and player choice. I, I want to try to give my players, within the combat, decisions that they might need to make. Yeah, this, like, I've been playing in your game for a while, and like it's decision, but it's not just which door and which monster you're going to kill, but also yeah. what you want to prioritize, right? Is, exactly. is it saving your friend, or is it uh, helping your captain... Or is it so basically testing the values of your character to so that you have to make a decision that will affect the story, but also flesh out what are your priorities as a character. And mm-hmm. sometimes that the team might disagree on what to do. Um, so that that's how I incorporate objectives and choices into combat, and at least at a high level. I don't totally flesh them out quite yet, but that's kind of my second second element that I consider. Uh, how about how about you, Chris? What 
place do, do objectives and choices have in your games? They're very uh, to the core of every encounter. So once I know what's my intention, it's normally an objective comes out of it, like uh, emerges. And that's, I, I build everything around it. So that's the first thing for me that's really important. Uh, you mentioned those multiple objectives. I think that's one great way to do it. I do it sometime like that where the objectives are parallel. I feel mm -hmm. like it's it's choices that are all equally valid. I like to do it the other way too where it's um, vertical. I don't know why I see it vertical, but mm -hmm. in series, it's it's almost a level of achievement. So there would be, let's say, you need to retrieve that that dagger. So that's the baseline of like, do you have you succeeded or failed? But often I have a another secondary level, objectives. secondary objective yeah, that might fun. be saving someone. Often it's a treasure room that might be harder to get to. So once you get the main thing, you're, you're there. You know your characters are there to retrieve this evil dagger, mm -hmm. and you know there's other villain coming. That's when you choose: Are we sticking there for more time to do to search? and maybe find treasure or are we getting the hell out of there yeah so that happened to me a couple of times and i tend to make those uh complementary objective harder to get um something that i think we should mention here chris when we have these things that are harder to get i think a mistake that people might make is translates harder to get to just more hp that you're going to lose mm. i I, yeah. I disagree with that. Uh, mm -hmm. If that's how you run your games and your players enjoy it and you're enjoying it, by all means, keep doing it. But I think if you add an extra layer of complexity where it's, it's harder to get because you needed to interrogate and capture one of the enemies and get that information from them or, or find mm -hmm. a key somewhere that you use in the combat to unlock a special chest or, or what have you, those are these layered objectives that become harder and harder to acquire through really creative solutions that your players mm -hmm. hopefully come up with or detour around or, or what have you. Yeah, and sometimes in order for them to be more difficult, it needs to be time sensitive, I feel. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> the dungeon is collapsing. So it's like, are we taking the time to use the key we found? But it, like it, it will cause, it might cause more problem. Yeah. Uh, so, so things like that, I really like, and we've been talking about investigating and maybe, uh, questioning, but sometimes that can be out of an encounter, but right now we're talking about encounter building. So we're talking about having yeah, to do this the fight. while the fight is going on. It's, it's finding challenges that are interesting while combat is happening. Mm -hmm. So that adds so much, um, depth to what's going on so with this approach and with any approach mm -hmm. when, when we're when i'm considering objectives and i'm, I'm sure it's the same for you chris mm -hmm. we're thinking about what's the reward for succeeding you know if if the objective is to obtain the dagger well the, the reward for succeeding in that case is they get the dagger for instance mm -hmm. but when we have these these side objectives or these additional layers in the combat if you have stuff for your players to you know put themselves at risk for there should be something that they're getting out of it yeah you have to consider rewards equipment money even xp uh if that makes sense in your system there's different other thing more information mm -hmm. uh some reveal 
clues. Yeah, plot plot elements, like you're saying. Maybe the additional thing that they find is is a notebook, an enemy's notebook, or or a secret letter that they can look into. Mm-hmm. Uh, can really advance the plot in an interesting way. Maybe it gives them an, a further advantage to know the insights of the enemies next time they're going to fight them. Yeah. Or to avoid a fight altogether. Yeah, and um, a good example of that, I, I don't want to spend the, the whole episode saying examples, so if you want to go see the next Blood and Betrayal uh, for next week, the encounter was built with multiple level of success, mm-hmm. equipment, information. Um, so that would be a good place to go for a, for a full-fledged example on those level of success. Absolutely. Um, and then when you talk about success, you also have to consider failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not saying plan whether your players are going to succeed or fail. I'm just saying have both of those options available to you because you need to know, you know, if they don't get something or they don't save the hostage or whatever, what's going to happen next? Yeah, because uh, a big mistake sometimes people do is they base the story around a success. Mm-hmm. If they don't get, let's say, the dagger, if they don't get the dagger, then the story goes nowhere. They, they fail at the whole thing. So it's good to have a backdoor of how are they actually going to fix it. Uh, reinforcement come and helps them. That's maybe good once on a campaign. You can't yeah. use that multiple times. So you have to find interesting ways to to maybe help them or just flat out have a consequence of not have uh, not basically a failing. So. Mm-hmm. And I think because you know we're, we're still talking about us planning the objectives of the combat. Mm-hmm. I think it's the game master's. It's our responsibility to make sure that the objective that the players are trying to achieve isn't so critical that it has to happen. Mm-hmm. Because if you're setting something that your players, without obtaining the dagger or without saving the hostage or without doing whatever it is, completely fail and... Negates the rest of the story. Negates the whole plot mm-hmm. or it'll take them five game sessions to kind of like kind of fumble around to catch back up i think that's a mistake a good way to do it is you keep moving forward but with consequences npc uh interaction it depends it's it yeah. depends a lot on what you're trying to do but keep it moving forward that's that's what i try to do yeah and so like you're saying a way to move forward npc death mm-hmm. loss of equipment yeah um, I think f- really digging into the backstories of your players can can be a source of inspiration for failure here because if a if one person has like a shield that was passed down to them over generations or whatever and that shield means a lot to them and now they lose it, maybe the main plot line doesn't get too affected, but that hero is sure going to be affected mm-hmm. and and the player is going to have opportunities within that failure to role play to to look for a new shield maybe to seek vengeance to get it back and mm-hmm. you kind of you you open up doors even with that failure and i think that's something you should we should try and strive to do yeah and another good tool is recurring villains right so the the the, the shield might be now in the hands of the enemy and when they meet him again or her 
now the the character that you've based your story around that shield can be even more involved and that mm -hmm. creates good story the next step in in our brains when we're creating combat as game masters is to then think about the circumstances that lead up to and inc like are part of this combat yeah so now you know why you're doing this encounter you're doing what you want to have as an objective now yes we have to talk, think about the the what's going on the the, the how this encounter is going to go mm -hmm. the, uh, the elements that surround it the elements that lead up to it exactly and really like the circumstances of the combat in combat yeah so if you have your story you might at this point have a good idea of the faction that'll be in play mm -hmm. is it going to be uh the bandit they've been encountered is it going to be demons so if if the motivation your intention is clear often the faction will be clear mm -hmm. and then we'll start you'll need to start about thinking about npcs and stuff like that another thing that kind of surrounds our circumstances is the location right so where it is is it in the sewers of a city is it in a cave in the forest is it in the basement of a tavern all of these elements really start to get put together once you know the rest the rest yeah and sometimes it might be very clear that a location will be in your mind that happens to me often i'm like i know where the location is going to be mm -hmm. but sometimes you're like ah oh, I, i it's more about a piece of information i want them to have a chance to to gather so that encounter could be at multiple spots then that's where i would make the decision of where sometimes i actually don't make the decision it's like i assume they're going to go somewhere and I'll, my encounter is going to be at that spot Mm -hmm. So that's, if you prepare a map and stuff like that, it's harder. But uh, sometimes the location will not be fixed, but often it is. And and this is where your interrupts can come into play, yeah. right? If, if there isn't a specific location that this event is tied to, why not spring it on your players mm -hmm. when they're camping or traveling? It could it could spice that up yeah. quite a bit. Uh, we're not going to go in details on how to create a good environment or how to, like, what creatures to bring this is going to be in a probably mm -hmm. later but but it's definitely something that we consider yeah so if you know if, if you're creating your circumstances you're going to want to think about okay if it's happening in the basement of a tavern what are the things that are the, you know, the players can engage with what are the elements that are moving the maybe time sensitive etc etc you're thinking about the creating an environment that's really really engaging for your players to fight in And then the uh, the other element that we're not going to dig too much into right now, but hopefully we'll get a chance to, is really piecing together like the pawns of the fight. Like, mm -hmm. Who's in the fight? Which enemies? What are their powers? These kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, and the last thing, once you figure it out, mostly who's going to be there and where, uh, is I, I like to think of possible surprises. Um Are they, is it going to be reinforced by the enemy? Are they going to get reinforced by allies? Mm. Uh, what kind of reveal do you expect to happen and where? Sometimes I think of, I like to think of cool moments, possible cool moments. I'm like whenever this going to happen, someone's going to show up with uh, a thunder and, and going to appear. And then the players go, oh. and you don't know when it's going to happen, but you have it yeah. in your back pocket. And sometimes it, won't come up but most of the time that creates memorable uh, moments so when you're thinking about 
surprises and reinforcements also i i think it's important to consider the realism impact like how realistic is it given these circumstances for mm -hmm. reinforcements to happen you, you can't just decide oh reinforcements are going to happen but you're in a wizard's tower on a little island like super far away and there isn't really way for reinforcements to, to happen mm -hmm. so if it's something that you might be considering for the combat you need to also consider the you know the circumstances that it's in so it if you were hoping to have reinforcements happen, you might want to change location to a place where it's actually possible for reinforcements to come. Mm -hmm. So once I have all the moving parts, um, one thing I like to do, an exercise I do at, at the end, is because I don't want to like run, like simulate the combat on my own, because that would pay, take way too long, I, I start to think about the different ways I expect the players to tackle. Do you do that? To tackle the situation? Um... Yes, it's more about which tools I expect them to use within a combat. Okay. I'll let you extrapolate a little bit more on this one, Chris. All right, so for me, having uh, this exercise is about uh, figuring out different ways to attack their problem. Let's say they want to steal a necklace and there's uh, three floors. Are they going to climb at the exterior? Or are they going to sneak in? Are they going to try to charm their way in? Are they going to hire mercenaries uh mm -hmm. different 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 aspects and i think of all of these and my way it's just to make sure my encounter is interesting enough that it cannot be just hacked and slashed and it cannot be like i like a, if, if they just want to stealth in mm -hmm. that's great because that's risky but i try to set up the stage so that all of these are possible ways to do it that are equally fun and that it's not restricted to one thing of like you open the door, you move, you kill that guy, and then you get the treasure. Different ways to have the players use their creative creativity to tackle the problem. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I agree with you entirely, Chris. I I know that something that people tend to say not to do actually is to plan how yeah and the and, fight's gonna go and and we're not saying plan how the fight has to go no what we're saying really is you use that as a creative tool because you're you're thinking about it and mm -hmm. and i do too i it, it actually almost inspires me i want to say to add elements yeah because I'll, I'll start with saying okay the enemy's here they're gonna fight them what if they don't want to fight them mm -hmm. what if they run away okay so how do i add to this combat in to this scenario to the environment to whatever if they run away, it's still interesting. It's still engaging and it's mm -hmm. still hard. Hard enough, or it's still at the difficulty I want it to be. Mm -hmm. um, okay, now they're fighting or running away. Next thing, like you said, what if they want to charm them? Okay. Is that a possibility? It might not be. But if you thought about it, it won't catch you off guard. But what I love that happens a lot of time is I think of... I don't know, three, four, five ways even. Mm -hmm. And when the players think of something I haven't thought of, that's when I'm like, oh, now that's interesting. That's cool. Because I have all the moving pieces and I didn't think of that thing and it's smart. It's uh, it's very interesting. And then that's when I would po possibly give bonuses. And I won't like, once I've done the exercise and I've planned my stuff, I won't 
change it a lot. If they sneak up a place I didn't plan and they enter and they steal the thing and they leave, I didn't think about it. So they should get the reward. I don't want to artificially prevent them from achieving the thing mm-hmm. because they found an interesting way to do it. Another thing that I find a lot of a lot of fun to do when I'm thinking about how my players are going to tackle a problem is to give them things within the confines of the combat that I'm not actually sure how they're going to use mm-hmm. it. M- maybe yeah. they don't use it. Maybe there's no advantage to to using a specific item that's in the room, like something they can interact with or whatever. But I like to throw these things in, pepper them into the space, because like you said, players can be really creative. Yeah, it's almost like seeding an inf- like a tool. Yeah. Like uh, there's a barrel with black powder in it. Are they going to use it? They don't know that it's black powder, but maybe they figure it out. Maybe yeah. they do a good a good test, and now you're like, yeah, it's black powder. But you don't. They it, they don't need to use it. It's just exactly. There. And and this is kind of makes full circle with our intro. Um, sometimes yeah. <laughs> it's so tempting to say, okay, there's going to be this really cool big bad guy. Uh, she's going to have this super cool power, but the only way to kill her is if you launch the barrel of black powder and make it explode right at her feet because she has weak feet and is afraid is is like super vulnerable to fire and explosives. Mm-hmm. But that's the only way. But that's the only way to kill her. Mm-hmm. That's something I like to call the Zelda effect, where you know there was the bad guy with the big tentacles and he had little little like targets in his hands and the only way to defeat the bad guy was by shooting at the targets and that's it. Yeah, a lot of video games are guilty of that thing where you have the big monster where, okay, he's going to swing, I'm going to dodge, and then I have to attack him. He, I have like two seconds to attack him and then do this thing all over again. Uh-huh. Right. It's, and the problem really appears when it's the only way to do it. Mm-hmm. I, I think you do add cool layers of complexity and you can even reward your players. Yeah. If they did research and they find out that trolls are super weak to fire... Great, let them use that information to have an easier fight. Yeah. But don't make it impossible to win. Otherwise, it's just going to get boring. You'll be stuck there fighting a troll, regenerating itself all night long. So something that we should also mention here, Chris, is when we're planning our combats, when you're planning your combats, something you should be doing throughout the entirety is setting difficulty and being aware of what that difficulty is. Yes, depending on their circumstances, it can vary a lot. But to start with, you need to have an idea of are we challenging or or is the goal to challenge their characters or it's just like a little encounter they have to deal with. Mm -hmm. Depending on the system, a smaller encounter might have different effects. In D&D, it's a lot about using resources. In Warhammer is even small encounters, you can hit a critical and have to deal with it for a long time. So depending on your system, you need to know your system in order to use them properly. But once you have this difficulty, then you can kind of compare to everything you set up in the combat. Exactly. And, And be aware that this baseline difficulty that you're setting for the combat can be altered very easily by player actions, by player choices, and by player preparation. So these are things that you should be kind of keeping in mind in in your preparation for the combat. Because... Like we said, if there's different hows to address this problem, and we can only come up with a finite number of them, I'm sure our players come up with several others, 
as they always do. It makes it so that the difficulty you thought this was going to have is going to change. And I think it's a good game master's responsibility to allow that flexibility to reward or punish depending on the actions that the players took to prepare for something. Yeah, and uh, I think it's often better, depending on your group, but I, I like to use the carrot and less the stick in terms of if, let's say, my I had a medium encounter in, in mind and they plan very well, it becomes easy, no problem, I'll let them have it. Mm -hmm. But if for bad roll, not necessarily bad planning, but for bad, they, they, they have bad rolls, bad luck, um, sometimes something that's out of your game master control and sometimes you even you didn't think it would be that hard yeah. you, you set the difficulty to average in your head and it's just it's way harder than you thought because of whatever attribute the monster has or whatever then that's when it's like it's not their fault i mm -hmm. i might pull my punches a little bit Absolutely. so so if they do good planning i don't tend to like punish them for having good planning to bring it back to average the only time i would do that is to have the climax of a story still be interesting. So if you have a big monster you've been building towards for months and then they have the big combat, they mm -hmm. do great planning or, or they very lucky critical after critical and the, your big bad guy would just die, then that's when I might be like, well, this is anticlimactic. So maybe it dies, but it raises again mm -hmm. as an even bigger monster or their reinforcement to protect them or whatever you want to make it. Uh, harder but i think that's the only time i would bring it back is if it was way too easy for the the intensity you wanted yeah yeah absolutely so i think that covers most of most of the elements of combat anyway yeah um, let's so, maybe recap them all so the first first thing we need to figure out is what's the attention behind the combat what's the motivation as a game master to create this encounter and from this you have an objective that emerges uh, main objective and we talked about having different parallel objective or different level of success mm -hmm. and then you have to think about rewards right if you're going to talk about having objectives for your players you want to think about what kind of things they're going to get out of meeting those objectives if there's layers having multiple rewards money xp magic items information can all be elements of those rewards uh, then we all spoke briefly about failure you know you have, you have to consider the cost of failure and then that segued towards the circumstances yeah so what are the faction in play where is it going to happen uh what about surprises are they going is there going to be reinforcement uh stuff like that then we uh thought about the how so not limiting ways to tackle the problem, the encounter, but just have a mental exercise of thinking, are they going to sneak past the monster? Are mm -hmm. they charge in? Uh, are, gonna, are they going to charm their way through it? And think of all of that might create uh, ideas for you to incorporate in the encounter to make it more dynamic and interesting. Yeah, and, and to make sure that although you're thinking about how they might address the different problems you present to them within the encounter, never make those the only way to solve the problem always give your players the flexibility to cre come up with their own creative solutions and don't punish them for coming up with said solutions um and that that covers pretty much everything we we talked about today i'd like to thank you for listening thank you for for tuning in 
Um, now we have a pretty cool ha fancy new microphone. Chris got it for his birthday, and I'm hoping it's making a difference. And that we don't capture the sound around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry if you can hear my, my daughter talking up a storm upstairs. Um, and yeah, and, and that's most of it. I guess we also have a community question for you guys out there who, who are listening. We encourage you to answer down below or to reach out to us uh, on, on Twitter. You can contact us at uh, roll underscore play underscore chat on Twitter. Or if you want to write a, uh, an email, we have contactroleplaychat at gmail.com. Um, and, and we'd love to hear your favorite combats, the, the elements that you include in your combat, and maybe what was one of the best combat scenarios you've ever had the pleasure of participating in. Or even just a cool aspect of one combat, one memorable location, uh, situation, monster. Yeah, so we'd like to thank you again for listening. Thank you for tuning in. And please comment, like, and subscribe. It actually does a pretty big, makes a pretty big difference. I'm finding out this uh, <laughs> this algorithm might be put up against us. So if you can help us out, any little bit helps. Um, and if you're listening to us on audio, we're uh, now available on Apple Podcasts. I'm not sure if I've mentioned that already, but I'm I'm pretty excited about that. It's a pretty big audience for for us to reach out to there. And uh, <laughs> I think my daughter is calling me to go upstairs, so I think this is going to be where we wrap it up, Chris. That's all, man. Let's call it a chat.